Blog Talk Radio. And I And thank you for tuning in to Help for HD Live. Help for HD Live is made possible by an education grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals and the Griffin Foundation. I am your host, Katie Jackson, and today we have a very special guest with us, uh, Shauna Martin. I'm so used to calling her Shauna Martin, but it's actually I, uh, now she's married and um, first, uh, and it's first Stegen. Shauna has many first things Stegen, to be it. proud of. Did I say it right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm so used to you Shauna did. Martin. Um, <laughs> Shauna has so many things to be proud of, but her work with the uh, Huntington's Disease Society of America in honor of her mother will always be at the top of the list. Shauna's mother passed away from Huntington's disease in March of 2013. After growing up watching Debbie Martin lose her ability to uh, move independently, Shauna strived to live every day to the fullest with a focus on movement. From being the first female pole vaulter at the University of Wisconsin to win, and this is unbelievable to me, that she's won six Lumberjack World Championship titles. Shauna's professional <laughs> life involves traveling the country in the fitness industry as a master instructor for TRX training and the American Council of Exercise, personal trainer, a teacher, and teaches group exercise. And of course, her heart is fundraising and raising awareness towards finding a cure for Huntington's disease. She recently tested negative, but will never give up the fight, as we all know. Um, living in a Huntington's disease family, we will always fight together because that's just what we know how to do and we've done um, since the beginning of our journey. So I am so excited to have you on the show, uh, Shauna, with us today. I'm so excited to be here. To <laughs> yes. Let's start Thank you. by you telling us a little. Yes. Um, I would like to hear a little bit about your mother. Oh, um, my mom was one pretty special lady. Uh, she was adopted at birth, and um, of course, we found out later that part of the reason why she was adopted is her her mom had Huntington's disease and wasn't able to care for a child. Uh, but uh, very normal life, straight A student, um, met the love of her life, my father, and uh, they got married. And I was born five years later, and. During during her labor, the doctors, the first time in her medical records anything was noted was that during her labor and delivery, they noticed some very irregular movements. And uh, mm. the first five years of my life, um, friends and family kept saying, you know, something different. And my dad wasn't noticing as much because he saw her every day. Um, and mm-hmm. But more and more friends and family uh, continued to say, you know, you should get her checked out. Looks like she's struggling with balance. Her speech is slurring. Um, and, you know, she would get angry over things that didn't make sense. And um, and this was well before the test. And this was back when um, not many physicians were even extremely familiar with Huntington's disease. Um, so it was lots of different doctor visits. 
um, lots of communication with uh, with her parents in terms of her childhood and if she had any illnesses that could lead to this. And they narrowed it down to about a list of 100 possible diseases. And my dad says he remembers seeing Huntington's on the list, learning about it and hoping, you know, please let it be any of these other ones and not this one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, um, they found her family history on the HD roster, which I don't know if that's still a, a thing or not, but it was run through the University of Indiana. And they mm-hmm. realized her mom had Huntington's disease. And based on a neurological exam at Mayo Clinic, they were able to diagnose her. Um, again, back then, the only test they had was the marker test, and they didn't have the genetic test, but that was enough information. Um, and she had one amazing life. She didn't let it get her down and mm-hmm. did everything with a smile on her face. She was falling all the time and obviously had some some temper and, and anger issues like many with Huntington's, but she wanted to do everything. And we traveled the world. Um, we mm. went to all, you know, she came to all my school functions and gymnastics meets and log rolling events and um, everything. And then toward the end, when she couldn't really leave the nursing home, we went every week and um, hung out and watched movies and talked and told stories um, all the way up until until the very end. And she lived quite a long time with the disease and quite a long time at the advanced stage. And we really, really do attribute that to her uh, her stubbornness and um, her mm-hmm. zest and, and love for life and all the love that was around her from the great staff at her nursing home to us being around her as much as possible. Yeah, it's so interesting to hear you talk, and I'm I'm so I'm so glad we're doing this interview because I'm I'm hearing like my story my with my children, you know, my husband yep. getting diagnosed and and us traveling and us enjoying life as much yep. as we can, and him now being in a nursing yeah. home and and us seeing him as often as we possibly can, and mm. and how much of a fighter he is, um, and and but this is as me as as a mother, I'm kind of wondering, and how old were you? when she first started showing symptoms? Mm, well, again, you know, now they go back as far as, well, when she was 19, she did this and this, but she was first diagnosed mm-hmm. when she was five years old. Um, and, I, and what my parents did that was so cool um, was they, they told me everything right away. They, they had me be a part mm-hmm. of that journey. They took me with them to Mayo Clinic. Um, some of the most vivid childhood memories were in the hotel room that night with them laying out the information that we got from a newly, a fairly new Huntington's Disease Society of America with um, mm-hmm. what we had to expect. And my dad's flipping a coin telling me these are my chances and a lot to take in for a five-year-old. But the neat thing is I began processing all of that at the age of five. And uh, mm-hmm. of course it was a scary thing, but it was also a part of my life. And, um, I'm very grateful for that. I'm grateful for how open my family was, and I'm grateful for how my parents always put a positive spin on everything, even if something as awful and nasty as is Huntington's disease. We went to all the support group meetings. We went to several Huntington's conferences, and they just kept focusing mm-hmm. on the research. And, um, and of course, back then, they were like, oh, we're, you know, once they found the gene, they thought for sure the cure was going to be there in like a year or so. But um, Sure. You know, they focused on the research. They focused on, you know, all the neat people we're meeting and, and all these great things happen in our life. And and I really appreciate that. And I'm trying to, to carry that on just like my mom did. Yeah, yeah. What was it like for you growing up um, with your with your mom, actually? Because at five, she was, she was, was she symptomatic? And Yes, yes, she was definitely symptomatic. Yeah. Um, it yeah. was hard. 
Um, kids are yeah. just yeah. mean, as I'm, I'm sure you know, and, and you've experienced mm-hmm. as well. Uh, they don't understand. Yeah. And um, and like I said, my mom and, and parents really wanted us to be as normal of a family as possible. So my main, my mom came to all the school events. She tried to walk door to door with me to sell girls about cookies. Um, and mm-hmm. and. And we were a little bit more quiet about it back then. And, and the kids were, and, you know, now I look back and it was probably out of fear, but the kids made fun of me. Um, they, you know, my mom would come to, I remember one choir concert she came to and she let out a huge belch in the middle of one of the quiet parts. Um, just the whole place cracked up. And I was for months after that about my, my retarded mom. And, um, hmm. A lot of tears and, um, Sure. And, and it definitely was tough. It was it was it was scary. It was tough, but that's what drew me to sports and to athletics, um, because that was my time after school to be with friends that I was close with that didn't judge me, that didn't uh, make fun of me, and I could use my body and, and and be myself and completely separate myself from this really scary thing that was happening um, happening in my life. Uh, but probably the the biggest changing moment in my life and, and stop me if I, I won't shut up or I'm answering other questions um, in seventh grade. And this is, this is why I'm so involved. Now we had to do an independent research project and my, my project was on Huntington's disease. And to this point, other than mm-hmm. my close friends, I hadn't really told all the kids what was going on. They just knew that something was seriously wrong with my mom, especially by seventh grade. Um, she was, she was quite ill and it was quite noticeable. In fact, she went to the nursing home that year. Um, and I did this research project about Huntington's, and part of it was to give a speech. And the morning of the speech, I was crying because I was so scared. I just knew I was going to open up all the doors for more teasing and more laughing and more joking. And mm. at the beginning of the speech, I actually begged my classmates. I said, please don't laugh. This is you know, a serious disease, and this is part of my life. So I gave this whole speech about what Huntington's disease was and, and did mention that this affects our family. Uh, my life changed that day. From then on, nobody ever teased me again. Every single kid in that school um, was constantly asking more. They wanted to learn more. They wanted to know how they could help. Their parents wanted to know how they could help. And simply by giving that one speech and just educating people so they didn't have the fear anymore of what was happening, um, completely changed everything. And that's the day I learned that educating others um, was, was probably going to be my role in how we, we fight this disease. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's so my, my husband used to go to the, my children's school all the time and they're in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my mm-hmm. daughter, when she was born, my baby, I actually put him in my husband's arm and, and he had Korea. He, he had already been diagnosed yep. for a year, a couple yeah. of years. And, my son was one when he was diagnosed, and so very oh, young children um, growing up. Uh, I can't imagine with, going with, through raising. I'm, I'm raising my baby now. I can't imagine going through raising babies and, and also yeah. fighting. Oh, you're amazing. Sorry, yeah, keep oh, thank you. you. Yeah, but it, <laughs> no, but yeah, it's it's it, you know, I, I school was always such a, a a concern for me with my children because obviously the teasing. Um, my children they didn't like talking about it at school. Like they were like, mm-hmm. they told their closest friends, but they, um, they, they didn't like announce that my dad's sick. That's why he's, but there was a principal and I'm never going to, I remember hearing stories of, you know, moms and fathers coming onto the school campus and being, you know, 
police officers waiting for them for a drunk parent on on campus and things. Yeah. And so I was oh. very transparent with our principal right off the bat. You know, my husband has Huntington's disease. This is what it is, and and the principal is just such a kind soul. And every time Mike came on to the campus, she would she put she set a precedent. She would walk up and she would hug him, and she would say, "How mm-hmm. are you?" And she'd walk into the you know the award ceremonies with his arm locked in him to show the teachers and everyone this this is okay. And so I thought that was like really so, um, that is so so, so kind of another human being, right. To say, yeah. And so I always, I always so thankful. I was so thankful to that principal, um, for doing that Mm. and setting that, that standard that this is, this is their father and we're going to treat him with respect. Um, and Mm -hmm. so I always thought that was so, but my kids, Oh boy, they've, the ups and downs and I've heard them have to explain stuff to to their friends, but they're very cautious. It has to be a very close friend that they trust. Um, And that's how I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, but um, yeah. So you are amazing with all that you've done in your life. So tell me how this has shaped your life, this journey, because it has to have had a huge impact on who you are today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I always wonder how things would have gone differently if I didn't have this awful part of my life. Um, but, but I, I really do feel my, my parents saw this, this future. They knew that my mom wasn't going to live. Um, they knew I was living at risk. They knew that a lot of our time at home was going to be spent caregiving and, and dealing with this disease. So they did their best to make sure I had all this time to myself. I had my sports, I had time with my friends, um, and that I was able to develop as an individual rather than the Huntington's disease. And they always put an emphasis on um, making each day count and, and living life to the full mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. tackling every possible open door. And, um, and that's always been what I've done. It's all I've known. And it's just been so much fun. Um, I've had such a fun career with all these different sports, and it's all because I love them. And, in fact, I love mm-hmm. the sports, and I love my, my physical activity so much I, I turned it into my career in the fitness industry to help other people find joy in movement and uh, and I've I've always I've used this role in the Huntington Society as as an opportunity to um, do crazy stuff like we did the world's highest bungee jump in Africa we climbed Kilimanjaro and all of these things it always sounded like a crazy idea when we started talking about it but then we said why not? And, and back then mm-hmm. I was, I was still at risk and I was like, I did not get this chance to, to, to have this opportunity. And, and I really do feel like seeing what my mom went through and, and spending most of my life living uh, in fear of possibly having this disease guided all of my, all of my decisions and, and made me say yes to a lot of things that I may not have otherwise. And that's such a cool mm-hmm. positive. Again, there's not a lot of positives about this disease, but, um, that's absolutely one of them. And, and also I've been, I've been given a purpose and, and mm-hmm. I, I really feel like most people struggle through life trying to figure out why they're here and what their purpose is and what they want to leave on this world. Mm-hmm. And I know my purpose is to uh, do whatever I can to help, help find a, a cure and hopefully pass my mom's legacy on to, to my children and, and turn them into as kind and loving people as she was. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, you know, we talk a lot about we lately. It seems like there's been a lot of talk on social media and and, and with the community on Survivors Guild and testing mm-hmm. negative, and you know, there's been yeah. a lot of talk about that, which I'm so glad it's being talked about because it's about time it's being talked about. So. Yeah, you, so you tested negative. So tell us if you have any advice for other people who have tested negative because there's things that happen testing negative and testing, I mean, as well as testing positive. It's an emotional roller coaster yeah. either way. And, and first of all, I'm going to I have had one of the most, and I, I know how lucky I am. Um, I've had one of the happiest, if that's even a possible thing, Huntington's experience ever with, with a strong, supportive family. Uh, a negative test mm-hmm. results, and, and I am aware of how lucky I am. Um, I didn't have any siblings, so um, mm-hmm. I didn't have that same experience that others have had. To a lesser extent, um, growing up with the Huntington's Disease Society of America and the National Youth Alliance, um, the survivor's guilt I felt um, was a bit different, but I was, I was braced for it. Um, growing up with hundreds of friends in the Huntington's community, and we knew all of us were mm-hmm. knew half of us would get sick, half of us wouldn't. Obviously, I know that's not the real 50-50, but in general. Right. Um, right. And um, so when I did get that negative test, it was very strange. About a week after I had dinner with a friend of mine who had tested positive, and that's kind of when it hit, that she has two beautiful mm-hmm. children, and, and I'm sitting there eating with her, and, and you know, just by a simple little silly thing in our DNA, her future is completely different than mine. And, and with that one test, mm. I get to look out at my future. And obviously, she's still at those two and is living positively. And that's when it hit. Um, but again, I, I acknowledge yeah. how lucky I am that I don't have any siblings. And I, I don't have to watch anybody else in my family go through this. Um, but Again, that's yeah. why I'm not going to stop fighting because I've created all these amazing relationships. My best friends in the world are, are people struggling with Huntington's or living at risk or, mm-hmm. um, or whatnot, um, all of you guys. And, uh, mm-hmm. so yes, there is some guilt and there is that push to never stop fighting. I'm not, I'm not done with this disease just because it's not in my body. Yeah. You know, it's it's so interesting. I, I go and I talk to people about Huntington's all the time and, and I always say that the most amazing thing that can come out of this whole H D journey is the relationships we've made. I said they're my family. You got it. Like if I yep. if my husband, you know, he's gonna he's in final stages and on hospice, but mm-hmm. if my three children, if they all tested negative, that's not the end of my journey. Like my mm-hmm. closest friends and my family are my H D community and I mm-hmm. care about them the same as I do my family. And you so got I find it. it's so true. You know, that never ends. Um, we're you too close it. to each other. It's too, and you I don't got think it. you find it's... that in any other community. The HD nope. community we is all, special. We all have a bond because we are dealing with something so unique that as yeah. much as somebody can kind of understand what I see from the outside, nobody truly understands until they've, yeah. lived in a family dealing with this. And I, I think as a child, yeah. uh, before there was a lot of internet and we just had a little support group, um, that's why the National Youth Alliance became so important so that you don't feel so alone. Mm-hmm. And now a lot of Americans have such a great job of having support groups all over the country, um, National Youth Alliance, HDO, a bunch of online um, levels of support um, to help mm-hmm. bring the family together because it really is a, a 
completely different level of understanding and, and a very special bond that we won't share with anybody else. Right, right. So can you share with us, I know this is kind of a hard question, but the best and worst part of your HD journey so far? Oh, it's not a hard question at all. Um, the worst <laughs> part was losing my mom. And um, sure. my son was born, yeah. or I, I got married shortly after she passed away. Um, but the, the story is that um, my husband proposed to me, and we went to the nursing home and showed her the, the engagement ring, and she hadn't made eye contact in years. And, and mm-hmm. maybe we both made this up because we wanted to see it, but her eyes turned and locked on that ring. We both just started crying because it really looked like that happened. And um, two weeks later, we were hosting a big charity gala. We had our celebration of Hope Dinner. Um, it's a reprom that we do. It's a prom for adults. It's an absolute blast. Um, we had special arrangements to get her um, uh, uh, a staff to take her out of the nursing home and bring her with my father and the nursing home girls got her all dressed up, did her hair, did her makeup. My dad arrived and he passed away right when he arrived. And um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not very spiritual, uh, but it just, it all seemed to be very, um, very deliberate and uh, that, that that all happened um, for a reason. Um, And, and that she did pick that time because she knew I was taken care of, but then we had to go through, my wedding and she wasn't able to be there. And then the hardest part was when my son was born and she loved children so much that being a parent was what she wanted more than anything. And, and struggling through the struggles as, as you know, of being a new mom, especially that first time around where you just don't know what you're doing and you're scared to death and wonder if you made the right decision. At least that was my whole first year of it. <laughs> and not right. her there by my side. And daily, I was, was talking to her and just wishing she was there to answer my questions and hold my hand and just let me cry on her shoulder. And um, this disease took that from me, and that was by far the worst thing. Um, yeah. And then exactly what you said, the best thing are these amazing people I've met. I've never seen strength, courage, uh, resiliency, um, Mm-hmm. as I've seen in these people that I've met through the Huntington's disease community. And my life would not be as full if it wasn't for all these amazing people and this purpose that I've been given. Um, so, so yeah, there's the two extremes right there. Yeah. 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 Well, May is HD Awareness Month. So um, can you share mm-hmm. with us what, you, what you're doing to bring awareness? Oh, Awesome. <laughs> Oh, well, again, not doing a good job of saying no. So uh, my husband and I um, host four different Team Hope Walks here in the state of Wisconsin. Um, we also host our the big charity gala that I mentioned. We've done it for seven years now, the big reprom that pulls in usually about $75,000. Uh, um, wow. And oh as goodness. much as we can in the media, I'm, I'm – I'm not as young and as spotlight, but back in the days when I used to be on ESPN for Lumberjack Sports and things like that, I used every, uh, every opportunity in the media to, to share my story. And um, the second camera went on me, I made sure to say something about Huntington's disease because every opportunity we can to educate other people is a benefit to us and to our community. And um, again, so other kids don't have to go through it all the through, but also um, raising awareness to help raise funds to get to that cure that we're so darn close to. 
Um, so, so that's what we do, and I, I really hope that our boys learn from our volunteer time that we give and um, learn how important it is to give back, learn how important it is to have a passion, have a cause, and work all out at that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you are amazing, and I hope one day I get to actually meet you in person. Um, oh, it's so funny how virtually amazing. we know people so, so well. <laughs> I know. Isn't yes. that funny? It's like we talk to each other almost every day, but we haven't actually met face-to-face. But exactly, better than nothing. Yes. Absolutely. And I, <laughs> yeah, I hope one day we get to, we get to meet each other. And um, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, you know, thank your you mother would be so proud. Part of this yeah. amazing project you have. I think it's just fantastic. <laughs> and thank well, you. Thank I know you she so is much. proud. And... Yes. All right. And best is. of luck and, to you guys and much love to you. Much love to you too. Um, so thank you. And I just have a couple quick announcements before we cut, before we get off the show here. May is HD Awareness Month, Help for HD International. We have announced three programs. One, our EMC and first responder program that is available right now free uh, to all our community to be able to help educate first responders and fire departments on Huntington's disease. Um, there's brochures, pamphlets, videos, testimonies, all of that. And then we are also doing a national as well as local training uh, that just started this month, which is exciting. We just released our, our caregiver book that talks about resilience. It talks about grief. It talks about a lot of stuff that um, that we go through as caregivers. Um, we are sending all over the United States free window decals. These are very important, I believe, for the house and the car. Um, they For the car, it says individuals with Huntington's are on board and give the first responders or even the general public that could come on an accident or come on the car um, with our loved ones with Huntington's a little bit um, to know about lack of awareness, um, maybe some... Um, uh, resistance to first responders and things of that kind. So this is free. All you have to do is go to the portal and um, give us your address and we will send you one of these decals completely free. Uh, we just got back from Puerto Rico. What an amazing time that was. We had 104 Huntington's families show up. There are so many people on that island. Um, we brought in doctors uh, to speak from Chile, Venezuela. So it's kind of North and South America coming together to support Puerto Rico. It was an amazing event, and I'm so proud to be partners with the Foundation of Puerto Rico and all that they're doing for our community on the island. So that's exciting. We are gearing up to go to Kansas City, Wichita. Um, I mean, not Kansas City, Kansas, Wichita. Yeah, pretty soon here on August 10th. This is also a free education event for our Huntington's community. So if you're in the area, please go to our website and register. We would love to have you. Breakfast and lunch is uh, included in that day. And then, of course, we have Symposium in Las Vegas this year. Um, so we are very excited about that. And that is in October. Finally, our last program that you can watch kind of um, getting ready to launch is we are actually going to do um, some fundraising for Venezuela uh, for through Factor H. Um, my heart broke when I was with uh, Laura Bada in Puerto Rico last week, and I looked at pictures of our community in Venezuela and how they are living, water, food, energy. All of this is something they just don't have. They're lucky to have one meal a day. They're living in metal shacks. Um, you see the children and the people um, begging for food, and it literally will make your heart break into a million pieces. Um, it's something that we as a community, I think, here in the States should definitely step up and do the best we can to try to at least bring food. One of the most quality of life essentials that we take for granted, um, they need food. They're hungry, and I can't even imagine someone with Huntington's not having food um, in a day. My husband is hungry all the time. Um, so these are something that we are going to partner, and we are going to help this month. So look for that. That will be all over um, our 
website, our social media platforms, as well as our email blast. So everyone have a great week and uh, keep spreading that awareness about Huntington. Thank you, Shauna, and uh, we will talk next week. Take care. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.